0: Arizona, Arizona sports. sports, the local, the local sports, sports leader. leader, Burns and Gambo. The Four O'clock Reset brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Four O'clock Reset. Return to the Burns and Gambo Show. The halfway point. This is where we get you caught up on everything going on in the world of sports. We're going to start with the reason why Gambo and I are in downtown Phoenix today. We're here at Footprint Center as the Suns hosting Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. For for the second time this season. We all remember the last time what happened between these two teams. Clay Thompson got ejected, was pointing to the rings on his finger. Uh, Devin Booker and the Suns won a big-time game against a Warriors team It's still, month into the season, Gambo, has yet to win a game on the road this season. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable, right? I mean, 0-7 on the road for the defending NBA champion, 6-1 and at home, but have not won a road game. They've played very poorly. Look, they're not having a good season. It overall, but it is uh, and it, it's remarkable just how poorly they play on the road. Now, they played close games, like five of those games have been close, but they're not winning on the road. Meanwhile, we just had James Jones on the show about a half hour ago. Sounds like Chris Paul and Landry Shamet probably not playing tonight in yeah, this game. He said that it was unlikely. I asked him, is it unlikely that they play? He goes, yes, it's unlikely that those guys play. And he said that they want to err on the side of caution with Chris, right? They want to take it very careful with Chris. They don't want to, you know, it's early in the season. They don't want to push. Gym. so it's very likely that both of those guys are going to miss this game tonight. Alright, tip time is 8 o'clock. You'll hear all the action live on the Arizona Sports app and on 98.7. Turning our attention to the Arizona Cardinals. They had a walkthrough today. The injury report officially won't, the first one won't come out until tomorrow. Everything gets pushed back a day because the game's on Monday Night Football, but we did hear from Cliff and Kyler, and Cliff, when talking about whether Kyler is going to play this week or not, didn't want to make any predictions. I was really bad on on predicting Buddha last week so I don't want to get into predicting Kyler but he, he's progressed well I mean I, I, like I said he's still getting treatment on it we want him to be 100% um, when he's out there particularly against this defensive line so I won't have a feel for that till later in the week also said Colt McCoy was day to day but that one of the two one should of the, be ready to go by Monday wait, not what, sure which but one, one, of, the, one of these guys <laughs> is going to play one of them is going to play our starting quarterback's in that room somewhere one of them will go look what I was told if Kyler can't run he's not going to play so um, you know Right now, I put a lean towards Colt McCoy, unless Kyler, you know, gets back. But what I was told is, look, he, he, no, no controversy because if Kyler can't run, Kyler can't play. Cardinals also today designated wide receiver Marquis Hollywood Brown. To return to practice from the IR, head coach Cliff Kingsbury asked about his chances of playing. There's a chance. You know, we just walked through today, so we want to see him out there tomorrow and see what he uh, he looks like, but he's definitely <laughs> come a long way in a short time, and so I'm, I'm hoping we can get something out of him, but I, I don't know until I see him running around full speed with pads on tomorrow. Yeah, and I checked on that, too, and I just, you know, and I asked the question, like, how, how likely is it will play, and is it 50-50 better? And I was told it was a little bit better than 50-50. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to play, but, you know, there's a feeling in that organization, you know, better. Better than fifty-fifty chance that he could get out there and play this week. Cliff wouldn't go into details about Eno Benjamin's shocking release a couple of days ago, but did say he feels good about the running back depth behind James Connor. Now, yeah, I feel good. I, I key, key's come a long way in a short time, and you know, we got Corey Clement, Tyson Williams, who's really come on, and um, so we got four guys we think can can handle it. And at some point, Daryl Williams will be back as well. I would be surprised if they add somebody. Like somebody off their practice squad, like a Corey Clement or a Tyson Williams. Uh, Might even be different. Or somebody outside the organization. To be the number three running back. Keontae would be the number two. I got Keontae as the two. The question is, who's going to be the number three running back for this game? I would not be surprised if they bring somebody in. Well, I tell you who they're not going to bring in, and that would be David Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) Signed with the Saints practice squad. Good good for him. Good uh, for him. We 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 were just talking about him the other day, weren't we? We were talking about David Johnson. Out of the the of Johnson. Yeah, completely out of the league. Yep. Signed to the practice squad. Now, listen, I, I I want the best for him. He was a he was a he was a he, he had a one great year, maybe one one and a half years of being great. And, but he was a good person. Like, I do want him to do well. So I'm, I'm glad to see that he has a chance to get back in the league. Latest trade rumblings when it comes to the Coyotes, and it sounds like the Jacob Chikrin talks are about to heat up a little bit. Uh, Bill Armstrong telling the athletic website he's coming back November 21st. He's going to join the team to practice, I believe, tomorrow. That's the plan. And now it's time to sit back and see if the offers start coming in for Jacob Chikrin. Yeah, they're going to come in because he doesn't want to be here. <laughs> okay. He's made that clear. He doesn't doesn't Want to be here, and so they'll. Uh, and there are some teams that a down defenseman, so those teams could be looking to see if they could get and If he, as long as he proves that he could skate and he's healthy, I expect that he would be traded pretty quickly. All right, around Major League Baseball, big trade today. The Seattle Mariners got a little taste of the postseason, and they decided they want to go forward a little bit more. They get slugger Teoscar Hernandez from the Toronto can, Blue he Jays. He can rake a little bit. He can rake a little bit. His numbers over the last three years are pretty good. Right-handed reliever Eric Swanson and left-handed pitching prospect, Adam Mako, I believe is the eighth highest prospect in the Mariners system, went back to the Blue Jays. Yeah, I mean, that's and it's going to kick up here. I mean, I expect the Diamondbacks to be very busy and redoing that bullpen. Like, basically starting over and trying to trying to get, you know, help in that bullpen. We've seen names like Craig Kimbrell, I hope not, but you know, and the Diamondbacks will look for a third baseman. Evan Lingori is a possibility for them, but only in a platoon situation. They would not look at him with all his time on a D and age to be their everyday third baseman, he would be a third baseman they could use only against left handed pitching. So if they do go that way, it would be a platoon. But I think they are trying to get an everyday third baseman if they can pull it off. Multiple reports that Philly star Bryce Harper is going to have elbow surgery on his UCL, which is your, your Tommy John ligament. But the specific surgery he's going to have or the specific timeline he's going to be out is very unclear for 2023. So a lot of mysteries about Bryce Harper. Plenty of time to recover from it, right? You got November, December, January. February, March, April. I mean, I think that... We'll see. I mean, I don't know. I don't know the extent of it, right? It's not an ACL injury... Well, We don't know if it's a tear or not. We don't know if it's a tear. Yeah, we don't know if it's Tommy John oh. oh. surgery is necessary. Tommy, Tommy John surgery. I just so. don't know if he right. if he is going to have that kind of surgery or not. Turning to the National Football League, Ron Rivera says Taylor Heineke will be a starting quarterback this week for should Washington. Be. Yeah, should he be. should be. He's they, winning. They play the Texans. And be, that's, they just beat the Eagles. That's a team in front of you that if you're the Cardinals, I you got to keep an eye on them. You know? No, I mean absolutely, and that's what I said about Washington winning that game against the Eagles. That's why you can never like really say, "Hey, here's your dream scenario. Hope this plays." out this way, because they never do. Washington should have never beat the Eagles, but they did. They held the ball for 40 minutes, they ran it down their throat and they won. Matthew Stafford, full participant for the Rams. They play the Saints, who announced that Andy Dalton will still be their starting quarterback against LA. It probably doesn't matter that much with these two teams. They both look to be out, or very much on the fringe of being out, but that's the quarterback situation with that matchup. I think the Cardinals put the nail in the coffin for the Rams, and I think New Orleans, who did they lose to this week? Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh. I think That was the nail in the coffin for them, too. I don't think these. I I would bet. I would bet you twenty bucks right now. Neither one of those teams makes the playoffs. Tough loss. The Eagles put tight end Dallas Goddard on That's injured right reserve Such because a, of his shoulder injury. They, didn't they? Did they sign Linval Joseph today they too? I think sign Lynn they signed Linval Joseph. Yep. Former Giants. Just going to get to that. Uh, two-time Pro Bowl defensive tackle signed a one-year deal with the Eagles today. Yeah. He's getting kind of old. I think. I believe you are correct. He's been around for a while. Okay. A sad story gets a little bit sadder. I Virginia cancels their home finale football game after the shooting the killed three football players. Very easy to see this one coming. No decision has been made on the season finale at Virginia Tech on November 26th in Blackbird. But obviously, emotionally, that team, just that program, just can't be ready to play a football No, game there was right a there. lot of talk that they just might cancel the season and just not play again. It's, you know, three teammates shot and killed by another teammate. It's, it, it'd be very difficult to play a football game, you know, within the next week or two, I would imagine. Yeah, I would, I would think too. And then real quick, the college football playoff rankings were Revealed last night, Georgia one, Ohio State two, Michigan three, TCU four, Tennessee five, LSU six, USC seven. You know what I love about that? I don't love who's in it. I love who's not in it. No Alabama. No Alabama. No Clemson. No Clemson. Yeah, the, oh, the usual God, suspects. I love it. Yeah, that was a good movie. Who directed? <laughs> who directed that? Bryan Singer. God. Darn it! Uh, darn! For, darn it! Released in 1995. He oh, my goodness. By Brian Singer. Ah, uh, I thought I'd get you. I thought I'd sneak one in there when you said usual suspects. Yeah, no. Not I on, I didn't not, get about not on it. that one. Not on yeah. that one. When we come back, what exactly has happened to the Warriors? We'll go talk to a guy who covers the Warriors every single day for a living. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. And Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, scheduled to have Marcus Thompson the second on with us. He covers the Warriors for the Athletic website here on the Burns and Gambo show. There's the Suns and the Warriors tonight. Tip time is at eight o'clock. As the Suns, another nationally televised game against the team that. That we were expecting it was gonna kinda come down to the wire against like it did last year and, and remember the last time we always think about that last matchup between these two teams. It was the one where Clay Thompson got run, pointed to his yeah. four fingers, but it was also and, Oh go ahead, say what you're gonna say. The interesting thing about that is the Suns blew the Warriors out. But when Clay got ejected it was a six point game. Mm-hmm. So it was a chippy physical, technical foul oh, game. Yeah. But and it, and you look at the final score, the Suns blew him out. It was a six point game. And the sun, the Warriors weren't even playing well, and it was six. Then Clay goes out of the game, and the Suns blow the doors off of them. That's exactly what I was going to say. It it's known for the Clay Thompson ejection. It's known for the Devin Booker, you know, kind of confrontation. That game was played at a very playoff like intensity. Right? Right. I remember the next day coming in and doing the show, and we were kind of shocked at the energy level in that. It was a late October, early November game, right? Like I don't remember the exact date of it, but it was. Early enough in the season where you don't normally see hyper intense games like that, and it, and it was it was it was cranked up to an eleven that night at Footprints. I remember Chris Paul having a really good game, and us talking about like, is this the game? Is this Booker was magnificent? Booker was the best player on the court, but Chris Paul had himself a good game, and we talked about whether this is the game that's going to get him back on track, and can he continue to play like this? So, and then the Suns bench was out. Outstanding in that game. Like they were, you know, they were really good. So a lot of the concerns about the Suns and you know, you know, how were they gonna play? Their bench played really well. But yeah, it was it was a physical game, chippy, technical fouls, clay getting tossed, six point game up until then. Good great performance by Book. really good from Chris Paul, from what I remember. Yeah, no, you know what? You're for having a crappy memory, your memory's actually not. Well, bad I remember at all. that game because what do I I'm I'm looking through my notes, and just about everything you said. (laughs) Were you cheating over there? What are you looking at on your on your? No, you just got your email up. Okay, I'm impressed. Son's bench. Look at you. You go. You you actually looked over to look and see if I was cheating (laughs) because I. Okay, hold on. Because you're a guy who basically cheated your way through every grade of school you ever went through in your life. I don't think I cheated in like kindergarten or first or second grade. Well, okay, well they. I don't think I started you, cheating until you, six. You let you, they let you pass those just for showing up every day, which I'm sure for you was probably a challenge too, even back then. I'm just I just wanted sure. to make sure. I'm impressed. I just I'm giving you a compliment. Thank you. I'm giving you a compliment for not having right. to rely on no cheat notes like I, I do. I remember the game very. Okay. I remember. I don't know why, but I remember that game okay, very so well. So Chris Paul, he started one for eleven from three in his first three games. He was four for five. from three on that night. 16 points, nine assists, seven rebounds. Suns bench, 42 points, 14 rebounds, 16 of 30 shooting. All right, so you're two for two so far. Um, Devin Booker was extraordinary that night. 34 points on 19 shots. He was great. (laughs) That was a great game. He scored 34 points. Um, And then the other thing, and we didn't mention this, and, and I would imagine we'll see some of this tonight, too. With the Warriors so undersized, the Suns really focused on their centers in that game. DeAndre Ayton, 16 points, 14 rebounds. Jock Landale, this was kind of at the beginning of the this Jock Landale the, don't, experience. You don't miss JaVale McGee game. yeah, Right, 17 points, 7 boards. They got 33 points, 21 rebounds, 7 offensive rebounds from their centers in that game yeah. against an undersized Warriors team. You know what else I remember about that game? Charles Barkley tearing the Warriors apart afterwards yes. on TNT. Yes. It ain't no good. Like, this ain't the same team. Like, Draymond's not the same. Clay's not the same. And all of that stuff. So, another thing was because that was a TNT game, right? Yeah. And then yep. after the game was over, like, they kind of took a blowtorch to the Warriors. Like Draymond's Clay, Dray, like and I think Clay was very upset with the comments by, that people were making about him, so you should give me a lot more credit for working to get back. But you know, I think that you know, those TNT guys they kind of looked at the Warriors after that game like, yeah, it's not a very good basketball team. All right, we just got word that Marcus is going to join us at five o'clock, so let's kind of fast forward to what we were going to talk about at five o'clock, and that's the panic level in Golden State right now. It's I, high, you it's know, high. Yeah, they, it's high because their bench has been terrible. A lot of the key players from last year are gone off that bench, including Damian Lee, who's here with the Phoenix Suns. Their defense has been terrible. clay has been terrible. They can't win on the road. They're 0-7. Haven't won a road game yet this year. And it's back to being a... A one man show. It's back to being Steph Curry's got to play out of his mind for them to win, or they're not going to win. Jordan pulled out a good game the other day and helped them win, so that was the one game. But outside of Jordan, Poole's kind of missing all the guys that he played with. A lot of those key bench guys are gone, and they redid it. And it was even a joke in one of the papers I was reading in San Francisco, like they got four guys that uh, you know that are playing that aren't even young enough, to, uh, or that aren't aren't old enough to drink, that are in this rotation and they're playing, and like so they built a bench that's too young. Yep. Made Some mistakes in the draft. Defense is awful. Bench is awful. And with Clay and Draymond not playing very well, they're in trouble. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a multifaceted reason for why the Warriors have been so mediocre this year. And like you say, 0-7 on the road, and you were right to point out, like, five of those losses, or a few of those losses, I should say, were by five points or less. So it's not like they're getting destroyed on the road. Clay, so far, is clearly a shadow of his former self. Draymond Green clearly is not leading a defense that's good at anything. I think something you hit on, though, I think some of those players from their bench were real glue guys that they're missing. And they're they're veterans. Those guys just whether it was Gary Payton the second, Otto, Otto Porter, w- Otto Porter, whether it was Damian Lee, Malika, I I yeah, I think those guys really brought a second-level wave to that team that they just haven't been able to reconstruct this year. And it's exposed Jordan Poole to a certain extent because he doesn't have the same guys around him that he's playing with. Um, When you combine that with Clay, when you combine that with Draymond, it does. It leaves this team very much feeling like, man, they need Steph to have a big night, and if he doesn't, they don't have much of a chance in these games. No, they even put James Wise... And last year, remember last year, they were saying, oh, and they don't even have James Wiseman. Oh, they don't even have James... Right when they get James Wiseman. Up. Now the things that are being said about James Wiseman is, well, he's a really nice Kid, like he's a nice, <laughs> nice guy. He's a nice guy. He always buys like, coffee for everybody. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, I can't know. really. It says watching the. This is a story in the San Francisco Chronicle. Watching the bumbling seven-footer with questionable hands and a '90s big man mentality, it's impossible to see the player. up seems so sure he was drafted. He looks lost, confused, tentative. His screens are weak, in at least one case. Uh, Petulant. Bluntly, he and Curry don't really fit. And if you don't fit with Curry, what are you doing here? So they sent him to the G League. Yeah. And this was a guy that everybody kept talking about last year. Like, oh my God, look, the Warriors are so good. Now wait until they get Weissman back. They get Weissman back, and they're worse. He can't fit into the system. They're saying he plays like a 90 center. And so now he's going to the G League. And they're saying, like, he's going to the G League for a while. Like, he's going to be there for a bunch of games. Because they got to try to figure out, you know, if he can play or not. And they're not going to do it. They're not going to put him into games now and lose games with him. They're not going to give him... They'd rather him go play a full game in the G League than come and play nine minutes a game here because they don't trust him. Yeah, I, I would agree... With those who think it's too early to panic, but I would also think if you're going to turn this thing around and start playing good basketball, that's got to start sooner rather than later, right? Like you, you've okay, it's there's still plenty of time. Still long season. We're not even to Thanksgiving yet. For some people, the NBA season doesn't really begin until Christmas anyway. I get all of that, but if you're Golden State, and you want to change the vibe around your team, you've got like two or three weeks to start doing that. After that, people are going to wonder whether you're capable of doing that, whether you've got the roster to be able to do that i I still have a lot of faith in those guys because there's a lot of pedigree and it's hard not to believe in them but here in another three four weeks or another month month and a half if there aren't the results there you're going to start to wonder whether they can or not when we come back just how good of a quarterback is Kyler murray like compared to all the others that's coming up next here on arizona sports the local sports leader Burns and Gambo. Arizona sports. The local sports leader. Yeah, we're live today out at Footprint Center here in downtown Phoenix where uh, a little bit of a later start tonight, 8 o'clock. Tip time here on the Arizona Sports app. What we're is the Pac-12 after doing? dark here? <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's that time of year, right? Where the games are on a little bit later for hey, East Coast and all that stuff. U of A wins this week. And then ASU will play them to knock them out of a bowl game. <laughs> I know. I know. The it's, chance to knock them out of a bowl game. I was reading Wilner. There it is. John Wilner our friend from the San Jose Mercury News, yeah. who even asked the question, how many Sun Devil fans do you think are actually secretly rooting for U of A to win this week so that Arizona State can have the opportunity to yeah. keep them out of a bowl game next week? I see Sam from Promotions. She's got to nod her head over there like, like that might be yeah. what's going on. There it is. ASU season comes down to can they knock U of A out of a bowl game? How many years yes. has that been what that game has been? Every right? one. <laughs> it seems like every one. It's like, we have a chance to go to the Hawaii Bowl or nothing. If we can just beat U of A. Oh, we can't. Oh, we could. That, that's the legacy of ASU versus U of A. Yes. That in a really, really old cup that they play for. Very, very old. Yeah. Territorial it, cup. The, the oldest Known trophy in any college football lo- rivalry. And it was lost for a long time. so. Yes, several years. It was lost. Several years. <laughs> somebody found it in a garage sale or something? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it, was it was gone like, for a while. I don't know if it was a garage sale. How are you doing? You know what that looks like? The t- It you looks know, like what? the old ASU U of A Cup. I, know, Out of I know. Arizona history, that's the oldest trophy known in the... Yeah. My dad, he was a deep. He had it. He mm-hmm. passed away. He left it to me. I'm selling it for $50. bucks. Well, let us send it back to the auction community studios get an update on our Twitter poll question with uh, Eric Ruby and Gambo need-to-know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. Rubes, you're an ASU guy. Are you rooting for U of A this week? No, so never. That, so that so that you can have the, the, the glory of knocking them out of a uh, bowl game? I'd rather them already beat down. I don't want them to have success. But then, but then it makes it so meaningless, the game, doesn't right, it? Right, but hypothetically with this ASU team, uh, I'm not sure that they are going to knock off that U of A team, so I don't want that victory geez. being held over their head. Honestly, like that would be the bigger fear, is that U of A beats them. Is that U of A beats Right. Is that okay? ASU fan gets their wish. U of A is now playing for a bowl berth, and then U of A beats ASU to get into a bowl. you know like, U of a, oh my god, U, what a disaster! This U, is bad. U of A is going to beat them. They're going to so? beat them. Yeah. Think so. I do. Ooh. Jacob Cowing, Deloria. They just beat UCLA goodness sake! well they be, were they, uh, Washington State this week right yeah I know we're totally off topic here and I apologize for that but but it's Washington State because Dolores but that's all excited about playing Washington Dolores State right? against his former team yeah he like taking a personal Ruby was telling me he like looked in the camera right Death Ruby's the, stare straight it, into the yeah. camera dusty right death stare just like we, uh, this is personal this week against them so we'll we'll see we'll see what they're able to muster up all right I don't know if it's as personal between the Suns and the Warriors but after what happened the last time I guess it's a little personal uh, What do you got for us for a poll question today? Well, the Warriors are struggling so far this season. And, of course, Steph Curry is not. But besides him, who's the most impactful player on the Warriors? Your four options are Draymond Green, Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, and Andrew Wiggins. I got to go Jordan Poole. He had the 36 points on bobblehead night for himself, and they beat the Spurs the other night. I mean, he's that guy. Like, he's got the ability to be the second fiddle to, to Steph when he's on. Now, he started the other night. Now, he usually comes off the bench, but I'm going to say Poole. Yeah, I, don't, I voted for Clay. I don't love that answer. Um,. Only because I think when they're at their best, those two need to be at their best. I just don't know if Clay can get to that level again. But I, I'm going to stick with that one, even though I, I don't love it. What's our audience say on this Well, one? the audience, they don't really love that one either. He's in last, <laughs> okay. 17.9%. Second to last, Andrew Wiggins, 20%. And third, Draymond Green, 25%. But the biggest jump out of all of them, 11% higher, Jordan Poole and at 36.6%. We, we, call that- yeah. we call that the Gambo effect. The Gambo effect. <laughs> <laughs> If Gambo says he's that guy. Then the people vote for him. Hey, Gambo's Gambo's like that. Like that, uh, your politician. I'm you going to start endorsing people, a- a- and you want that Gambo endorsement? Mm-hmm. It's just automatic bump yep. in the polls, like plus five percent. Right. I'm going to start. I'm going to start putting out endorsements. <laughs> God help us all. <laughs> are, are you Are you sure? Well, are you Are you sure you want to get into that Gambo? Are <laughs> you sure? Um, Kyler Murray plus eleven. When I endorse, right there. I, I, I don't know. I, I think Jordan Poole is, is the guy. He's been. He could be great for them. It's the poll question. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. Kyler Murray, when asked if he's ready to play on Monday night, we will see. I feel good. I feel good is what he said. He said a little bit more than that too. You guys, it's just one of those things. You you know, trial and error. Right. Feel good. You know, strength, range of motion, and stuff like that. And then. Uh, trust in the training room you know those uh with those guys you know their beliefs and stuff like that and then obviously every athlete you listen to your body how's your body feeling was it what's it telling you it's Kyler Murray talking about something we've talked about forever on the show hamstring injuries But they in lie They are so tricky. hamstrings lie it's the one it's the one injury that lies to you you think you're okay your body tell you you think you're okay. Your hamstring injury, you're like, you know, you, 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 run, you jog a little bit, you run a little bit. Like, I'm good. I think I'm good. I think I good play. Then you go out there and you make one cut and all of a sudden, oh. So that's the, you're, you do, as an athlete, you have to listen to your body. But with a hamstring, you have to listen to your trainer because your body, your, ha- your hamstring lies to you. It makes you believe that you're actually good to go. Anybody's ever had a hamstring injury, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You feel like you're good. Like, yeah, I'm fine. You go run a couple routes, you're okay. And then one route, you make a cut and you're like, oh, that's it. so that's the one thing like I just you're going to have to rely on the trainers for that one yeah and and he kind of said the same thing yeah you know you just got to do it yeah you don't know you just got to go out there and give it a shot and if it works it works now he actually said today he didn't injure it The week before last, he injured it against Minnesota, and he tweaked it against Seattle. See, so the original injury happened against Minnesota, and then the tweak. So he shouldn't have played against Seattle in Seattle. So he probably shouldn't have played against Seattle. Like if you like, because that's the thing. Like so, hamstring injuries don't usually heal like in a week. You know they don't usually heal in a week. You got to give it some time. You got to give it a couple of weeks. You got to give it, you know, the, the you got to ice it and then you got to rest it and then ice it and then rest it and it just because again, you, like he probably went into that Seattle game and felt like I'm good, I'm good, I'm fine, and he, and he wasn't. Yeah, no official injury report today because Cardinals don't have to release one. Tomorrow is when we'll get one. We'll see what's on it. But Cliff said today both Colt and Kyler are day to day. That he expects one of them to be ready. Kyler, for what it's worth, I mean, there's been so much conversation about who who should who will be the quarterback this week is there a controversy is there not uh, i think it was the ringer who again has been you know good content that we've been talking about on the show today did a quarterback ranking and um I don't know if we should be surprised by this. Kyler Murray, 15th of the NFL. This is the quarterback. And I I, I thought this was a real interesting thing. Um, It puts him right in the the middle of the pack, which is not where you want to be when you're paying a franchise quarterback that much money. Their quarterback rankings had him number 15. Now, it talks about everything. They do a really in-depth piece on it, which I liked, and they talked about the season he's having. His biggest strength, they said, is his creativity. Says, Murray doesn't scramble, he scurries, and he's damn good at it. The tiny Quarterback is both fast and quick and acutely aware of how much it sucks to get hit by NFL defenders. Uh, It says, I'm not sure he's ever been squared up in three years as a pro player. He doesn't get squared up very much. I I don't barely remember that. Theater. Very rarely does he really get popped. Yeah. Like popped, popped. Very yeah. rarely. Since he's a talented passer, knows how to engineer an opening with a pump fake. Biggest weakness? Pocket presence. This is where Murray's height issue shows up. He often gives up ground to get a better view of the field, which makes things harder on his tackles. And he can be a little too confident in his ability to outrun pass rushers, leading to long sacks that could be set to the Benny Hill theme song. So, um, yeah, Murray. Mobility, arm strength, accuracy. He says Murray has everything you want in a franchise quarterback, except for height. And it bring it up that the height is the reason that the pocket presence struggles, and he's got to you know play as so far back because he needs to see over the offensive line. I I, I think that it's also the awareness, the the. Uh, the The reading of the defense, the pre snap, yeah, I was just all gonna, of that as well. I was just gonna say that, that they grade all of these quarterbacks on accuracy, arm talent, creativity, decision making, pocket presence, and pre snap. All of those are the the categories here. I agree with you. I. I I think I would put his pre-snap as his lowest grade. Number one. I, I think, I number think one, that probably. would be the, the thing I would have the lowest grade. Because I right. think that was the thing that was probably exposed the most by Colt playing last week. Yeah. Was how good Colt was at the pre-snap. Like, like stepping up to the line, okay, that's my guy right there. And yeah. I'm going to get the ball out to him in two seconds, and I'm going to go let him get eight if yards. If Kyler Murray was doing this radio show, he would show up and not really know what he was going to talk about until the mic got turned on. So he'd be like, like Vince Morata, basically. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, I was actually. I was wow. just. I was just trying to choose which host I thought was wow. there was the best chance they were listening right now. Wow. Vinny's probably driving to the arena right now to, because he's the PA announcer down here. So, I'm, God. Vinny, I was just kidding. I just. I love you. I'm teasing. I totally would have went Bickley. <laughs> <laughs> no, <I'm> teasing. Teasing. <laughs> <laughs> Bickley's not listening to us right now. He's sleeping. He's, he's on a golf course somewhere. Band he's practice. Sleeping. He's in a, a band, band practice. practice. Practicing his chord progression for whiskey. I quicker. want to be like Elton he's, John. He's not listening to us. Vinny Murata, he's listening to us right now. Yeah. No, just like, you know, you, you just get to the, you know, you get to the, you know, we get to the mic, we know, like, we we have a pre-snap, we know what we're going to talk about. We have an idea, like, we've, we've prepared and prepared and prepared. Kyler gets to the line of scrimmage, looks at the defense, and really isn't sure what to do with the ball. He knows what his first read is, and he's going to look at that first read And if that first read's open, man, he's going to hit that 80% of the time. But if that first read is not open, man, who knows what's going to happen? You just have no idea because he just doesn't go through the reads like other quarterbacks do. All right. Do the 49ers have a breaking point? And if so, (laughs) what does that look like? Can the Cardinals find it? We'll talk about that coming up on Arizona Sports. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. All right, an update um, from the Bickley and Murata show. Dan Bickley was the one who was listening. Yeah. So, apparently he's not on the golf course. I'm listening. He's not on the golf course. He's not not at band rehearsal right now with Whiskey's Quicker. He's listening. and He's the the one who preps the least <laughs> no he's not we're just teasing i really thought vinnie would love be listening we love those guys oh we do we we, we love all i the enjoy them on, on my ride to the gym and my ride home every single day we we give each other a good healthy dose of crap yep. every single day and it's a lo- i'm sure they'll be giving it right back to us tomorrow morning and that's leave the house at 7 30 cool. i listen to them and then on my way back after the, the workout i listen to them that's that's mm-hmm. that's the relationship we have with them the uh the Cardinals and the 49ers on Monday night and I tell you there's there's with this 49ers team right now, there's almost a feeling around the NFL. They're kind of the flavor of the week a little bit in the NFC. I'm getting that impression. I was watching one of the morning shows today. I think it was Get Up. And they were having a roundtable conversation about who's the team that you now think will be representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. The Eagles got a couple of mentions, even though they lost their first game. The Cowboys got a mention. One of them, can't remember which one, one of them said the San Francisco 49ers. And I think there's a little bit of a 49ers love vibe going on right now about them because they're, they're, they're getting guys back healthy. Their their offense with Elijah Mitchell and what he did the other night against the Chargers, in addition to Christian McCaffrey, in addition to Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Jimmy Garoppolo being kind of the glue guy to hold it all together. There does seem to be a feeling around the NFL that the Niners are on the verge of doing something big here, like going on a run and, and like really opening people's eyes. If there's a flaw, it would appear to be, at least for right now, their red zone offense. It's not very good. And it's the one thing they're all talking about in San Francisco right now. They move the ball fine. They score the ball not so hot. No and it's and you go and you look at what they've done in previous years. Now last year they were number 4 in the NFL in the red zone. The year before they were number 7. So two, 2020 67.3% touchdown rate in the red zone. Last year 64.4. This year middle of the pack, 16th, 54.8%. So their red zone efficiency has come down a little bit. So that's one of the issues that you can look at with the 49ers. Like they they scored 22 against the Chargers, they were in the red zone five times. They were in the red zone five times. But they couldn't put it away. So a team that's very capable of scoring 30 a game is not because they're getting bottled up inside that red zone and sometimes turning the ball over or settling for field goals instead of getting the touchdowns. Yeah, they're 22 points per game. And for a team that is, uh, you know, all the names that I just mentioned, man, they're they're loaded. They should be doing better than 22 points per game. And I think they know that they should be doing better better than... Five bad. red zone opportunities against the Chargers, they scored a touchdown two times. So, like, if they click, you know, Shanahan's not clicking. He goes, we got inside the 10 five times, scored two touchdowns. So I believe if we did score more touchdowns on those other three, I feel like it would have been clicking huge. So we would have had over 30 points, and things are going pretty good. So he was asked about that, you know, the offense, and they're not clicking. He's like, man, we get into the red zone. We're just not scoring the touchdowns. If we yeah. get those touchdowns, we're going to score 30, and you guys are going to be like, oh my God, this offense is great. So many other things are working for them. They ran for 100 57 yards against the Chargers. They had 237 yards passing. They were 9 of 17 on third down, so they were over 50% on third down. That's incredible to be able to do something like that. And they ran the ball 41 times in that game against the Chargers. And that's kind of the other thing about them that that people are talking about with San Francisco. Can they sustain it? But now that they got Elijah Mitchell back, probably. The belief is that they very much can sustain that because they've got a one-two punch that if Elijah Mitchell could Stay healthy if McCaffrey can stay healthy. That's yeah. the kind of one two punch you envy as a football team. Yeah, there's no doubt. Listen, they've got a left guard and a right guard who are first year starters. The left guard is named Aaron Banks, the right guard is Spencer Burford. Those guys haven't given up sack this year yet. Neither one of their starting guards has given up a sack. So you've got these, this good guard play going on right now from from the 49ers' offensive line. And then Elijah Mitchell comes back, and he just kills it last week. I mean, he, he has a great game. And so the combination of him and McCaffrey, even Elijah Mitchell said it, we're probably the best duo in the in the NFL. That's what he said. We're probably the best duo in the NFL. So that's that's a two-headed monster you've got to, cont- you've got to try to deal with if you're the Cardinals in this game. And McCaffrey especially catching the ball out of backfield. But Eliza Mitchell can too, so and that's if they if they dominate the time and position they wear you out with those 14 15 play drives and they take 6 7 minutes off the clock they're going to wear you down and they're going to beat you cuz that's how they want to play and that's and their defense allows them to do that too and that's the other thing we talk about this flavor of the week thing with the 49ers man Demeco Ryan's their defensive coordinator is yeah. getting the love 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 for head coaching jobs people are he's, he's only 38 years old people are talking about him is look out he's going to be the one who gets all the gigs against yeah. all the offers right like all the things there was a story you know on about the top nine assistants who may be up for interviews he's the mecca ryan's is right at the top of the list boasts an exceptional feel for the game strong communication skills leadership qualities that cause nfl insiders to believe it's only a matter of time before he's directing his own team he's done a great job with that defense i mean he's a former pro bowl middle linebacker himself and the 49ers have a great defense and he's at the head of it so yeah there's a lot of belief that he's going to be a uh, head coach in this league real soon yeah and and, I mean, look, he would follow in the footsteps of Robert Sala, who's doing a heck of a job with the New York Jets right now, you know, and, and that's a great job. And, and, and I'm telling you, I think this is going to happen, not with everybody. This coaching cycle this year could be very, very healthy. It's usually healthy every year, but this one in particular could be very healthy. There could be a lot of turnover when it comes to the coaches. I think you're going to see a trend this year. Where the teams trend away from the offensive guru, guys. I, I think there will still be a team or two that will do it. But I think you will see more teams yeah. trend towards leaders of men versus offensive geniuses who can scheme them up with the best of them. I, well, I, that is exactly what they thought Steve Wilkes was going to be, a leader of men. Yep. I mean, I remember how many times I said that line, that he's a leader of men. I mean, I think I, I think the most important quality you could have for any coach is being a leader of men i think that's the most you know you've got to you've got to lead i mean that's your most important thing the x's the o's the, the communicate all of that stuff's important too but man you've got to be able you got to be a leader i know but you know the trend and we're we're i vic- mean victim to it we're we're an example of it that's the phrase i'm looking for we're an example of it here in arizona with cliff kingsbury i mean it was very much a let's go get our sean mcveigh you know let's go get our offensive genius who's going to make us a force offensively rather than you know we talked about this a thousand times rather than hiring a great offensive coordinator that we're going to lose to be somebody else's next head coach let's go get our next great offensive coordinator and make him our head coach and and it I, i'm telling you that this doesn't work for everybody you know that doesn't it doesn't guarantee success and, and no coach can guarantee success i just think you're going to see a trend away from that this off- season. Look at Josh McDaniels. He's a he's an offensive Right, and he might be out. Yeah, he might be gone. He in might a year. be gone. He 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 might be one and done yep. there. I know. He Although the it. owner kind of gave him up, like, uh, like, hey, Rome wasn't built in a day. Very type of lukewarm. Thing. Very, you know, uh, kind of sketch. You know, not not the best. You know, it's George interesting. I got. I just want to bring this up. Not something that's like a, like a top, but you mentioned Robert Sala and the job he's doing. Yeah, I was. There was a story on five dark horse candidates who could win the Super Bowl. Five dark horse dark horse NFL teams that could make a run for the Super Bowl in twenty. 20- 2022 was a Bleacher Report story. The teams that they mentioned were the Jets with Robert Sala, Sala, the Giants, the Spangles, the Chargers, and the Packers. Cincinnati, New York Giants, New York Jets, L.A. Chargers, Green Bay Packers. Dark horse teams that can make a uh, make a Super Bowl run in 2022. It's crazy to think the Green Bay Packers have entered dark horse yeah, territory. Oh, I know. I, that's what's crazy about it. That they, they've had such a, a season so bad up until this point. Coming off a win against the Cowboys, we, we'd be though, forced to talk about them in that regard. Yeah, Inning's Festival is back. The two day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, The Offspring, and so much more returns to Tempe Beach Park on February 25th and 26th. Tickets just went on sale. You can head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win tickets. This was thought to be a Western Conference Finals preview tonight here at Footprint Center. Does it still carry that weight? That's next. Burns and Gambo.